Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 355. It's pretty exciting. Another first-time guest. First-time guest. Um, Star who, of Earbuds. Star of Earbuds. Star he's, of Earbuds. He's, he's in Earbuds. <laughs> um, many of his fans have come over to listen to this since yep. I was on his show. That's the coolest thing. Can I tell you what is really behooves That's us? That's Burt Kreischer, this by the way. This is Burt Kreischer, yes. everybody. <laughs> you know what I started? We, oh, by the way, uh, I think the one thing we definitely, definitely have in common, the three of us, is we're all massive podcast fans. Yeah. Like, I'm a legit in the trenches fan. Like you're you're hardcore. You're a hardcore part podcast listener. Well, I'm like I'm, which on, is impressive. I'm on the road so much that I'm just in airplanes mm-hmm. and I'm like like I listen to Rogan's live. Like Rogan had Leah Remini on yesterday. It was amazing. It was amazing. Really? And the halfway through I was like, I think Leah Remini wants to fuck Rogan. Anyway. Um <laughs> But I listened. To, I was on the road. I went to New York a couple weeks ago, and I was listening to the one with Brian Callen on Rogan. Oh, that was a great which one. Was a great episode. The, the best Rogan one that's out right now is him and Boss Rutten and Boss Rutten's partner, Boss Rutten. Oh, we were on his podcast. We did. We did. Oh, yeah, 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 we were on Boss Rutten's. We called in. Boss Rutten is a wild man. Like he has the greatest stories ever. One time, this guy got a cue ball stuck in his mouth and yeah. they had to break <laughs> his teeth out. I don't do a good. I'm not bad. Good with impressions. <laughs> but yeah. So so um, but. You know, we were talking about the dollop earlier. One of the things that I think really behooves us too is I'm now promoting people's podcasts in my intros that I find and I find a good right. podcast. I'm like, hey guys, you're gonna love this episode. And then I was like, oh, that totally works for everyone's benefit. Like, of course, yeah. Like, I, there's totally high tide raises all boats. We've said this about mm-hmm. podcasting. Yeah. It's not we're you know, not competing. Traditional media. Yeah. I'm not competing because we don't yeah. air. It. If someone can listen to me and you. Yeah, like exactly. it, it's totally there's yeah. no competition yeah. in different ears at the same right. time. <laughs> yeah, theoretically. But like, it's the thing. Like traditional media pits us against each other. Mm-hmm. We got to audition for the same part. You know what I mean? Like I, my show's on Thursday at eight on ABC, or is this Thursday at eight on NBC? You know, we yeah. got to fight. They make us fight against each other. And in podcasting, it's the more we support each other, the better it is for all of us. It's the only numbers we can guarantee is when you do someone's podcast, you watch fans of them right. come over and check you out and go, hey, what's a really good episode to listen to? I did that with The Dollop, and I, what I, it was just really interesting. I promoted them two weeks before they were on my show. I like I, In the intro, I was like, everyone check out The Dollop. It's one of my favorite new podcasts. Listen to The Rube. The Rube is the one to listen to. And that's just because we ran under Dave, and I said, where do I start? That's the greatest thing. Where do I start? What's the best Dude, one to listen to? you said that to me when I was on your show. You go, where, do you, where, do you tell, where, do you, where would you tell people to start with comedy filmers? And I yeah. said, pick a movie you like. Yeah. Like, yeah. Say, well, there's a movie we really talk about that you dig. Go into that. I mean, it's great. Like, when I was on your show like a month or so ago, our biggest spike in sales since we've put earbuds for sale was me on your show. Oh, because, but yeah, because I have, I, and I said, like, one thing, the one compliment I get from my quote unquote fans is they go, um, I like that you're one of us. That, right. like, because, like, there are people that have podcasts that are, are not, they do not want to hang out with their fans. Right. They don't want to talk about, they don't even listen to podcasts. Right. And, and they just do a podcast because they know it helps their career. I do a podcast because I love podcasts. Dude, I did a meet and greet. I'm doing another one. I'm going to be in London in a couple weeks. And I was just going to do a meet and greet. I mean, just go, hey, guys, I'll be at a bar if you want to do a meet up. Let's all hang out and just bullshit. Because when I get together with my fans or whatever, we end up just talking about what we've listened to. Right. I right. went and did a podcast. I did when I was in Scotland doing my TV show, and I got these these three guys that were just like, hey, man, if you're in Scotland, we got to buy you a beer. And I was like, sure. I go, I'm right by this castle. Meet me here at four. <laughs> I love that that's what you now, say now when you're in Scotland. Yeah. You're in Scotland, right by this castle. That could be anywhere. <laughs> I love that it's just 
a standard conversation. Yeah. I'm in Scotland, near a castle. <laughs> and they, they got there, and it's so funny. This is how, like, they're like, the fir- they buy beers. I see them at the bar. I go over, and they go, the machine. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, they're like did you listen to uh, Bobcat on Joe's? And I was like, oh, no. Are you kidding me? And then immediately, I'm like, I got I got three hours of a flight back home that I get to kill listening to a podcast. It's the greatest feeling. Oh, dude, we've done that. I When I was in Australia last year, I just said a little like, hey, let's do a meetup and go to a movie. And a handful of comedy film nerd fans were like, they were like, we're going, two, I did two of them. One was a group of them. We all went to go see this movie. Another one, this couple was like, oh, we wanted to take you to a movie. So they took me to like, an art house. They were all like, we don't want to take you to like some Cineplex and see a shitty Transformer. Like, yeah. they yeah. like we, we saw like uh, Michael Fassbender's Hamlet. Right. You know, they're like, oh. took me to the most like esoteric. Macbeth, Mac- but that's right. Mac- whatever. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Give this shit. <laughs> it's some asshole talking like a dick around a castle in a weird outfit. In Scotland. In Scotland. Hamlet Macbeth. You know what I mean? China, Vietnam. Uh, Get they're the both fuck plays. Off. What Whatever. does it matter? Shakespeare did them both. I don't <laughs> oh, care. that's great. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, when we meet the fans too, it feels like all right. We already know them. We already start to talk about movies and stuff. It's always, it's always. Great oh yeah, with us, it's always yeah. like they always want to get into a movie discussion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the, yeah. That's the, and which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like after shows, like I don't want to take your time. But what did you think? And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I want to. No, <laughs> I want that I is the transla- that is the translatable dialogue you have. Like. For me right now, everyone wants to talk about weight loss, about Tom Segura, about because you guys like, are yeah, in that we, we did that big fat shaming thing, and we did Joe's <laughs> podcast. We did Joe's podcast, and I, I mean, not to like disrespect traditional media, but like Joe's podcast has more eyes on it than anything we know, or more ears and eyes on it than anything we know of in traditional media than we've ever had in our entire lives. We didn't get the Tonight Show; like the Tonight Show wasn't around for us. Like we didn't get that opportunity right. the, the way the Johnny Carson, whether right. that you come to the couch and it blows up your career. Yeah. And right. now you do Rogan and you watch it's, I mean, it's the Rogan bump. You will just watch your numbers spike and then you watch all your shows sell out. And it's people who have listened to you talk drunk and high for six hours in last week. And they're like, and they know everything about you. Mm-hmm. They know everything. And it, I don't know. I think it's cool. I should turn my phone off. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing. And that's like why, Oh, Bill Burr's new special is out. This is, by the way, there is no competition anymore. Who gives a shit? It's a great fucking special. Bill Burr's new special is out, and it is on Netflix. It's airing right now. All things comedy president and probably uh, funder of our... (laughs) (laughs) our, He's our... our, What are they... uh, Well, anyway. Underwriter. uh, Yeah, underwriting (laughs) all things comedy. (laughs) He is... uh, His new special, Walk... Your way out. I haven't seen it. Uh, I just watched it on the treadmill. It's fantastic. Nice. It's fucking fantastic. There's two bit like you know like obviously you have a, a refined palette for comedy. Mm-hmm. So like part of it you're like hey, yeah I, I know where we're going like you're figuring it out. Sure. But there's a man there's a couple bits that are burr bits exclusively where I am fucking howling going like <laughs> I didn't see that angle. Holy shit! He's and he you know he's he's someone that challenges himself in inside the artistry of comedy where I, I feel every hour he tries to do more stuff different than he did the year before. Right. So it's not just like a political rant or a misogynistic, you know, take a, a funny angled take on misogyny. It, this one was a lot of like great character play. 
and like storytelling. It was really that's cool. fucking phenomenal. So check it out on Netflix. I don't need to tell you guys. I'm sure you guys will watch it anyway, but well, I just thought I'd promote well, it. Well, that's the cool thing now is in this this era of like a lot of people are making comedy specials and it's like with the medium, well, with the technology being so affordable, people are doing really cool inventive things. Yeah. Like I love that Kira Saltanovich and... Um, Ali Wong did specials pregnant. Yeah. Ad, yes. With babies in them. Did you know Kira <laughs> urinated in her pants throughout that special? <laughs> ah, did you know, know that? that. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> she was pregnant, so the baby's pressing on her bladder. She did, forgot to pee before she got on stage, and then was like, screw it, and just peed in her pants. She's wearing black pants. <laughs> I thought that was great. I, thought, I, I haven't seen Ali's, but I know Ali's a very sweet person, mm-hmm. and she, I've seen her murder at the store, Yeah, so, but I haven't seen it yet. It's like, well, that's the thing. And like, What, what like traditional network would have let that you know what I mean? Oh, look at Neil Brennan's special. Neil Brennan's spe- is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal to the point where I would ever, I would say like, I kind of would say like I liked his stand up and the one liners, but that personal shit, that fucking moved me. And I was like, I was like, great call because it is, it could get weird. Right. So he has the other two mics. Man, mm-hmm. I, I texted him and I was like, you, uh, your special is fantastic. I love this. I love this part of this business. And I don't know if it's LA, if like the New York, you know, guys are ball busty and competitive. But man, in LA, I don't see anyone bickering. I think it's our marijuana, maybe. Well, no, well, it's, well I, I think it's the podcasting. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the podcasting has really helped that because I've seen some comics that are just in traditional media. And I, and I hang out and I know them or whatever. And they're not in podcasting because those of us in podcasting, like, yeah, well, I'll take a traditional media gig. I'm like, no yeah. one's going to say no to the money, but we all know like our hearts are in this. And 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 it's like it's like I remember distinctly, and I, I don't know, maybe we talked about this or didn't when you were on my podcast, but I remember when I first moved out to LA and I would hang out at the the improv and I'd see you and Doug like down at the corner of the bar just talking, and I was so scared to go down and be like say hi, and I thought <laughs> and I, like because I just didn't know you guys, right. but I, I knew of you guys, and I wanted to be friends but i didn't know how to then bam all of a sudden we get a podcast and you're like dave anthony hey man you want to come on my show i would have never right. been able to bump into dave anthony we our paths wouldn't cross and but if they be fair in person still kind of off-putting <laughs> 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 when we go up to comedians afterwards no but that's yeah. the thing that no, no i have met so many comics because now there's a reason because before podcasting, we were like, hey, I don't know you. Do you want to just talk for an hour? Yeah. Uh, never, <laughs> hey, Chris Titus, can I pick your mind about storytelling for one hour? Hey, and Bert, change? what are your yeah, favorite yeah. movies? Like, oh, <laughs> Graham, I got a kids. Like, leave me alone. Hey, Bill Burr, can I, can I listen to your take on politics until you have to pee? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, I've gone up to so many comics and said, hey, I got to get you on the show. Oh. Yeah. I, and I like, just saw them do a set. Yep. Didn't know we're at a party. It's like conversation starters now because I, I felt that way too. When you're in a, you're like, oh, there's a comedian I kind of like you. You feel awkward going up to him and talking to him. Yeah. Now you're like, hey, I got this podcast. Want to go on it? And then, uh, you know, it's, it's it's easier now. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just watching uh, the Unusual Suspects and I'm like, there's a young Kevin Pollock. Yeah. He's been on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're doing his on Saturday. We're doing his on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I watched the Cubs in Game Seven of the World yeah. Series at his house, and I'm like, yeah. did you email us yesterday about uh, the festival? Dave. Text. 
Okay. Tech Dave okay. did. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're But that's I think that's cool. I'm going to I'm going to push it. I'm going to move my stuff around. But I think that's really cool that like Are we announcing the, our first act for the festival? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but I'll tell you right Bird's now. End, I'll tell you right now. I've never seen the biggest names in comedies are moving around their schedules. And that's a fucking that's a statement right there. Well, that it's our 6th year, you know, and I think we've we've we're we're, we're it's a lot of work. And we're very proud of the fact that we've established this we're thing. We're the only one Nightmare will do because we've established a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we have relationships with these shows. And it's funny yeah. that, you know, some people went to that other festival and I get it. That festival was paying shows and whatever. That's your network. And then, you know, podcasters and fans were like, it just didn't have the same. Yeah. I don't did, even know what the other one was. Doesn't matter. Is it? Uh, is it <laughs> No, oh, no. I got offered a gig at one of them, but I was like, I was like, my my, my show, if it's gonna be like, if, I, if I'm gonna ask my friends to do it, it's a paid gig. Then I'm gonna have to give my friends money. I can't just pocket the money. Yeah, it's like I'm, no one wants to hear me speak alone on. St- well, I guess that's what I do for a living. Oh my god, I go, no one wants to hear me speak alone. I'll be in Lexington all week. <laughs> Comedy off Broadway. So let's start the show. I'm let's sorry. Get, to, come on, let's yeah. talk movies. Let's yeah, talk let's movies. Do it. All right, Chris. Uh, oh, Resident okay. Evil, the final chapter. Oh, was is it, it final? Is it is well? It? With everything going on, it really felt like an interesting documentary. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like all right. So well, it's this just is, like it just felt this is realistic. what um, the world's yeah. gonna look like after Trump. Yeah, yeah. This is like all right. You know, I I, I think this is um, teaching us survival skills. I really think that uh, we're gonna need this information. Okay. And everyone should see it That's as fair. a uh, how to. Uh, so it's, it's an educational. <laughs> yeah, it's an educational documentary. Uh, so you know, Neil and I went to see it, and uh, there was a bunch of other people in the theater who looked like they went into the wrong film. So, but Neil and I knew what we were getting into, and I've seen all these movies, I've played all the games, and I will say, the final chapter, Resident Evil, no better or worse than any of the others. <laughs> I've seen a couple of them, and they're they're crazy fun. Yeah, if you just want to just, a girl on a motorcycle shooting rabid dogs or whatever. Who's the girl, Kate Beckinsale? No. Uh, Mila, uh, Mila Jodovich? Yeah. yeah. She yeah. is the shit. She's got a yeah. couple of kids. I think she's in her forties now. She's she still kids. looks amazing. You know, and her, um, with my wife. Her, uh, <laughs> you know, her husband's the. I mean, it was a real family movie. Her husband was the director, oh. and then their kid is like the uh, computer quote Red Queen, who uh, you know is, is oh. helping her. Uh, but now oh. family that yes makes, fa- makes post survival horror movies. Uh, yeah, stays together <laughs> exactly because they're planning for the future. Uh, well, my so, question to you, Chris, do you does the Mancini family now have a plan in place as the result of seeing this movie? No, um, because the key word in that sentence was now. We've had it in place for many years. Ooh, yes. <laughs> you, have an, you have an extra strategy? Yes. <laughs> oh, because I, 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 I have a joke that I've been telling on stage. Is uh, The joke is, uh, I learned a very valuable lesson the other day. Never tickle a child with diarrhea in your bed. She shits. My wife starts yelling. She's crying. The dog's trying to eat it. My other kid's laughing so hard. She's shitting her pants. And I realized, this is my SEAL Team 6. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to handle an apocalypse. You know Just what, a fucking shit show. You know what's weird is that was like the opening scene to this film. <laughs> <laughs> and then zombies came in. And then so, zombies. 
So this movie, it's absolutely uh, hilarious. I hope it makes money to pay off the lawsuits for the poor people who were injured and killed during the filming. Oh, what happened? Uh, Dude, this is old school 80s movie. Yeah, Yeah, this this is like killing people. (laughs) Olivia Jackson crashed a motorcycle needing to have her arm amputated. And then a crew member died while filming when a Humvee he was standing there wasn't secured and crushed him. Oh, God. Well, now that bums me out. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and this is like. That's like a, a dog's purpose. Right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> brutal. And also, I don't know if I can watch this now. I know. That, you know what's weird too is it's like this. It's not like it's the first Resident Evil movie. You'd think by now, like we should know how to shoot these without anyone getting hurt. Now, I will say the action. Did you and cut the, stunts, the budget on the safety coordinator? Yeah, it's it's what it. it I'll tell you, these movies are not cheap to make. When you look at them, like these, are I hear they crazy. cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Birdkreischer.com, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So, like, you're watching this movie, and you know there's a ton of movie put into it, and it's got everything you want in a crazy action horror movie. It's got zombies, monsters, giant tanks with turrets on them, you know, hot women um, in slow motion kicking zombie ass. It's one of those movies where this is what it is, and um, nothing's going to change your mind whether you're going to like it or not. And it, because it's so... the story is ridiculous. It's barely there. The um, the editing is sometimes so confusing, the scenes don't even match, but no one cares. Yeah. So it's really about all these zombies getting uh, obliterated and monsters. But I will say this, they took the horror a little more seriously in this one. There were some jump scares where you jumped out of your seat a couple times. Oh, where, I hate that. So, uh, yeah, there was definitely was some ma- crazy I, 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 Then I'm shit. uncomfortable the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I start getting an anxiety attack. That's what happened yeah. when I watched The Ring. I was like, I'm getting an anxiety attack. The, this is not what I'm looking for. The Ring for. is a tough one. Yeah. It's, it's why uh, I yeah. sit yeah. in the back row uh-huh. so I can see everybody and all <sighs> the exits. Don't even yeah. get me started. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get a panic attack in The Ring, and I started thinking, how do I know someone doesn't have a bag of gasoline <laughs> Poured over me and light me on fire. And I was like, oh my God, I got the wrong seat. Now, when I sit in movie theaters, I gotta be, I swear to God, I almost a bag of gasoline. (laughs) I look for the pinch zone, I look for where the single shooter is gonna come in. Right. And I get seats far away from that place so that when he starts shooting, I'm at least in the back corner. Like, I really look, I get seats like that now. That's how fucking crazy I am. And by the way, that's why I can't enjoy, enjoy zombie movie, movies, because I'm so OCD and such a hypochondriac that even when they get a little cut the head off and blood splatters, I'm like, did any get in their mouth? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> Well, and this is the kind of movie, too, where it's like you just put all that aside. We're like, wait, is that, you know, they're, they're dragging somebody behind on a giant tank, and then there's an army of zombies following them because it's bait. And, uh, like, some crazy, crazy shit, but also stuff that, like, makes no sense, like uh, like the story. And also, there's, like, well, that guy, uh, why is he killing all his own men? Or does he need them to run the tank? Like, like really, like, really crazy, like, random, nonsensical things. So, it says final chapter, but there is a TV series in the works. And, oh, really? And uh, we will see if... You know, there will be another one because these movies do not make that much money here. However, overseas, they make a fortune. So and it's hard the- to find budget information on this movie. So I'm it like, is. I mean, where would you put it? 20 million? No, no. This one's a huge, huge budget. This you is, really think this yeah, is up absolutely. more than 70 million? You think? I think it's in that range for Cause, sure. Because my, yeah. my secret movie that I watched was set, cost 70 million. Well, I don't know where that movie, that money went in your movie, <laughs> but this one, I could see hordes <laughs> of zombies. Uh, <laughs> And a uh, giant burned out uh, thing and giant winged monsters pulling up trucks. 
So there's a, there's a, a, cra- a lot of crazy here, but this was not a cheap movie to make for sure. And really, uh, you yeah, really put it, wow, I, oh, easily. Okay. I would easily put it at that. 80, and so they did. They just make it worldwide. That's what yeah, they, make they make it. Well, that's where they make the money now. Um, one of the places obviously makes a lot of money is Japan because that's where the the video game is made. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this: if you're a Resident Evil fan, the um, the latest game just came out near this the time of this movie release, and the latest game is supposed to be absolutely terrifying. Like it's more like a uh, um, you're you wake up, you don't know where you are, you're in this horrible mansion like the Louisiana Bayou, and it's a crazy like x-files mutant family that's there that's keeping you prisoner and trapped and you have to literally get out save and save your own life so but that's the kind of thing where you're being stalked through a weird mansion by like a bunch of mutant hillbillies <laughs> i'm so far removed from video games yes. right now <laughs> all i have to uh, say is the pac-man creator died yeah. yesterday <laughs> so uh so this movie i will say this it's it's one of those movies that like if you've enjoyed the movies in the the series you'll enjoy this one if you haven't enjoyed them this movie will not change your mind all right but uh it's definitely if you like action and some you know with like a real action and horror together it's really is it's non-stop action this one they really uh said all right this is the last one we're gonna just make it pretty much start to finish crazy action with monsters and zombies all right do you ever think that those directors at some point would go hey man 70 million dollars we can make this movie or i can make every movie i ever thought of making <laughs> I, know, I say that all the time when i see these giant 150 dollar million dollar movies that aren't yeah. that great i always go i could make how many like 35 million dollar movies that are the coolest thing don't you think studio execs must think about that too where it's like all right well i can spend 100 million on this or i could make 101 million dollar movies i mean i i, I, I they need the. T- I mean, the, well, the studios, the big studios, are like no tentpole, 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 tentpole. Yeah. Make the one hundred fifty million dollar one that brings in a half a billion dollars right. or a billion dollars in overall revenue in fucking toys and right. You know, they've got yeah. some deal with Burger King or whatever the fuck. That's where that's where they're thinking. Yeah, it's the only industry where a movie making a million or two million dollar profit is like, bah. yeah. That's- <laughs> Name another business. Like if you had a law firm. That had a two million dollar, or any business that had yeah. a two million dollar profit, right. anyone involved would be like, "You pussy!" Like, do you know how hard? Do you know how hard two million dollars is to make? You got to make forty grand a week. Yes, that's yeah. so tough. That's a lot. That's a lot that's of a lot. money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Huh. Well, two million dollars over the span of a lifetime. How do you make that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. sell uh, a lot of t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So Neil and I, um, it was a guilty pleasure. We right. we enjoyed some of the. Uh, no one's coming series. on board yeah. for the new Resident exactly. Evil. You either have yeah. been on this thing, or right. you're, you're, right. you're whenever on. So. All right, uh, I saw Requiem for the American Dream. Now this is the interview with Noam Chomsky. Um, it is a documentary. I saw it on Netflix. I think it came out about a year ago. But they've been giving it. They've been pressing it. Maybe I've just been watching a lot of the whole system is broken documentary. So Netflix is like, oh, you're going to oh, like yeah, this. This is oh. suggested for Graham. Yeah, this it's is so like- <laughs> interesting what they suggest for you and what they suggest for me. What are they suggesting for uh, you? They suggest uh, anything with like muscle building, <laughs> uh, uh, the the ultra marathon runners, died too young. I watched the Heath Ledger. It's not even a, a real documentary. It's just- Chariots of Fire? No, 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 no Chariots of Fire wasn't on there. Uh, anyone's comedy. It's everyone's comedy specials. Right. And then, but I don't get like good stuff. I'm like, I, I feel like I need to like revamp my, my Netflix because what they're sending me is just- You got to be careful. I gave- 
I saw Super Jaime and I was like, oh, I'm in this. So I just gave it five stars. So then they're like, you might like fucking every pot stoner doc, every fucking Rasta love or whatever. I I get anything about black people. You love black people. You You must be black. (laughs) That's what they'll do. Yeah. So I saw this movie because I've been watching a lot of political docs. Um, and I don't know why. I can't imagine. Did an event happen yeah. in the last month or two? Um, or the last hour? Uh, yeah, who knows? Check. You turn on your phone. I'm yeah. sure somebody got fired oh. or blocked or there was a... Um, you really want to know... Um, for me, the upside of, of the Trump victory has made me like, I'm going to start paying more attention. Not that I wasn't paying attention before, but yeah. now I'm like really paying attention. And the more you pay attention for me, the more I'm like, oh, this is why I'm an independent. I'm a left-leaning independent, but this is why like the whole system. Noam Chomsky, if you're familiar with him, you'll you probably already know this. If you're not, he's worth reading or watching this documentary. Goes into why, how America has become just this corporate machine. And it's like, you know, he goes back to like James Madison writing stuff saying that, you know, the dirty huddled masses shouldn't have that much of a say in how democracy is. They've sort of faked it, (laughs) you know, and uh, they break it down. The filmmaker does an excellent job because this is now we've talked about this a lot on the show. It's the type of documentary. All you're doing is interviewing one guy. So that can be that could be really boring. So the filmmaker does an excellent job. B-roll, B-roll, B- B-roll. Oh my God. But he doesn't just, it's not It's not nonsensical B-roll just to cut away to. He breaks not what- not Resident Evil B-roll. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's no demon dogs. There's no Chomsky talks about his socialist views. Um, he, he does great stuff that he breaks down Chomsky's, like basically his thesis into 10 parts and goes into like, Here's how they've done it. Here's how the corporations have, you know, they they fought. It's a lot of history too. He goes into um, the like. There was labor riots in the 20s and 30s. Big companies, the the, the big like Rockefeller type barons. Just dudes who owned apple orchards. I just saw a <laughs> documentary about a guy who owned apple orchards who would lower the wages. And, and there's oh, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, but that's, yeah. no, that's a great point because that's what was going down. Is, is, is so, and they show there was like, they'd hire the Pinkertons to just go, there was fights and the cops would come down and just nightstick the fuck out of people mm-hmm. back then. And then World War II. Oh, back then. Yeah. <laughs> now it's all peaceful. <laughs> but yeah. he's talked about the militarization of the police. He mm-hmm. talks about now today, only 7% of the American workforce is unionized because they have tried to get rid of unions. He talks about like, um, how the banking industry it's that low now? Seven percent. Look wow. at us. Look at us. Comics. There's. We should have a fucking union. We should have a union. We should have yeah. a podcaster union. Yeah. We should have all kinds of. I mean, like, it's 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 unbelievable. He talks about how the banking crisis, right? That Bush and Obama handled, and he said, "Well, what they did is is they become the regulators. That's why none of them went to jail. Obama didn't ask any like Nobel laureate economists." hey, how do we fix this? The Wall Street fuckers that created it, they got to write the regulatory rules. <laughs> see, that, like, see, that's fuck. what drives me nuts. And this, I am definitely not going off on a political rant. But what bothers me these days is that both sides of media are either liberal or conservative. There's no one in the middle just saying, oh yeah, this, uh, this Muslim travel ban is actually, it's not that big of a deal. It's 109 people. 
uh, out of the 300,000 that flew or, or, Hey, you know, they, these are, this was implemented. No one's telling me the truth. So I can't like, there was that lady who organized the, the woman's March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget her name, but they said, I think it was Linda from Hawaii. It, her name was she from Hawaii. I believe so. I was, she was Muslim, right? Um, but she was, she was Muslim and she was pro like pro Sharia law, Sharia law. And so then the liberals are just like, you can't believe the conservatives, and then the conservatives are like, "She's a terrorist." And then you're, then you look up Sharia law, and you're like, "She is for it." And you're like, "Wow, that is pretty aggressive that she'd be a woman marching with women's rights, but for Sharia law." But then I can't find anyone just telling me, "Oh yeah, she is." However, like I can't find just the truth. Well, what this documentary is very, it goes into a great point of like, there isn't conservative and liberal media; it's corporate. And yeah. they literally, it's, they're just, and one of the things he talks about is the design of the corporate media and creating the liberal and conservative media is to divide us. Because if we're all divided, yes. red state, blue state, then we won't turn and look, oh, these corporate assholes are the one that are fucking all of us. Right. I mean, it's it's such, a, and but, it, but, so Noam Chomsky is pretty, his thoughts are pretty heady and pretty dense. Mm. So the filmmaker does an excellent job of breaking them down, like, into 10 sections and then using really interesting B-roll and and archival footage showing so as Gnome is speaking you're getting a visual like it's visually um being reinformed so you're like oh okay and it's, right. he, they do See a, this is the kind of shit I need to watch. You should watch this. I'm going to watch this because this is this is something where I go I just need to hear other ideas. Well, I remember when I was in college, uh, we had one of the executives, I think, from CBS come and speak to Mm -hmm. the class. And he said the way it it all broke down was pretty much, it was like, well, here's our entertainment, but news is our responsibility, which meant that uh, it was our responsibility to give you the news and not necessarily turn a profit. It didn't matter. The other shows were making a profit. News was, as a broadcaster, our responsibility to give people what was going on Mm -hmm. and the truth. That went away. When all the corporations realized, no, every single thing needs to make a profit, including yeah. news. And then that was the beginning, beginning of the end that you saw in that movie Network, when everything became for profit. And now all news is just entertainment for profit. That's all it is. Now, I really think, though, if somebody started a news channel where it, the whole thing was just news, I think it would do really well. Well, it's, they're, they're out there. And this is the thing I've been finding, too, is I'm finding other news sources like The Intercept and uh, they, tr- say, they say the Dig- Guardian and BBC are really great. Guardian, BBC are great. The Intercept, The Economist. You got to mm, be great to have one here in this country. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, mean, I couldn't watch. even find. I couldn't even find a. I couldn't even find a slanted review, an unslanted <clears throat> review of Bill Burr. Like I looked up, I, I clicked on his thing, and Huffington Post gave him like a cold shoulder nod that he has a special out, and I was like, oh, clearly, because Bill doesn't ha- say things Huffington Post agrees with. And so you're like, if you go to, well, like, depending on what kind of cable you have, you can get BBC America, which is excellent. You can get NHK, which is the NHK world, which is from Japan. It's English speaking. And their their news, you watch, you watch BBC America or NHK and they just tell a story. There's not a flag waving yeah. and then a big like crisis thing graphic. That There's not a crisis up. logo. There's not a crisis, an ever flashing <laughs> crisis logo. <laughs> and then when I start reading like Glenn Greenwald and people like, and Chris Hedges, I'm like, oh, they're really breaking it down because they're just like, there's not Republican and Democrat. There's one party. 
Yeah. It's the bank party. It's the money party. It's like big oil, banks, and big military. I know. I miss the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do. I really miss when we knew who our enemy was. Yeah. When the commies, and we were like, don't, you don't want to be. I mean, I remember my dad, not my dad, because everyone's going to hate my dad, but he wouldn't let me play soccer because he's like, that's a pinko commie sport. You can play, <laughs> you can play baseball. That's an American sport. And when I was like, first grade, and I was like, I was like, why? I'm, and then it just put it in my head. Football, basketball, and baseball were allowed, what I was allowed to so play. So no cricket. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Get on board, Chris. You barely let me play tennis. Yeah, cricket. <laughs> no son of mine's going to be a high lie player. <laughs> Dude, high lie was huge in Tampa. <laughs> huge in Tampa. The time, my, one of my best friends, Tony Hernandez, every time we'd see him, we'd go, Antonio Hernandez from Tampa High Lie. <laughs> um... So it's it's worth watching, and if you want to get more information about what's really going on, because I think a lot of people are feeling that frustration mm-hmm. um, about like, well, I can't trust. And and we did an episode. Uh, uh, we're gonna we did a spoiler up of the documentary Thirteenth that we're gonna release later this week. Yes, um, with with uh, John Updike from Open Primaries. and he brought up a great point. He's like, if I don't trust, if you don't trust me, I can hold up a piece of paper. That's a white sheet of paper and say, this is a white sheet of paper. And you'll go, I don't fucking trust you. So I don't even know what you're showing me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what's happened because the media is so, how can you trust the media? Yeah. And and they're not, in my opinion, they're not liberal or conservative. I mean, they gave Trump $5 billion of free advertising during the campaign. Yeah. And and they're not doing, they haven't been doing their jobs for years. And, and now- knew it too. And he knew, totally it. knew it. He told oh, he, yeah. he fucking played them, and they were like, "Okay." I mean, I saw them cut away from a Bernie Sanders speech to go to an empty podium where Trump was going to speak because he's better ratings. Oh, oh yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, like, so, so, so when you hear that, it's like, I can't. I don't fucking trust this media. And you watch who's buying their ad time. It's like, well, look who's buying ads on all these things, and like, you know, Rachel. Viagra. Via, via, oh, yeah, pharmaceutical companies, old people products, like, uh, uh, it's unbelievable. And, like, Rachel Maddow makes $7 million a year. You know, like, none of them are just these, like... Kids. She, she just should be a vessel for information. Right. Not like a like a, 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 a pundit as She's well. She's an entertainer. They're all entertainers. Sean yeah. Hannity, Rachel Maddow, they're all fucking I watched Sean Hannity interview uh, Trump. And I was like hungover, and I was on the road, and I was howling, laughing. <laughs> I honestly, I'm, not, I mean, I, I, I can't stop giggling at this president because he says things that are so unofficial. Even when Barack Obama comes out and says, "I don't like the fact that you did this Muslim ban," Barack Obama didn't even say that. He goes, "I think that all Americans," in like, in like this windy, weavy, I'm a Tom Brady quarterback kind of way. And then here's Trump, like Allen Iverson fucking thug life bitch yeah Yeah, keep him out of our time you know it's like so i go you're not supposed to talk like that it's so weird to hear a president talk like that they're bad people they're really bad they're all bad (laughs) and that what that's the thing though the distrust of everything is why some people resonated with him i don't agree with him on just about 99 percent of what he says but i understand why people go everyone's been fucking lying to me the government's been lying the, the press has been lying he's not (laughs) <laughs> he said he was going to ban Muslims and build a wall. He's fucking take, doing it. Let me it. tell you something. The guy's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Not, yeah. It's a little refreshing. Yeah, should yeah. we see someone come in and should go? We, uh, should we take him literally now? 
Yeah. I didn't think he was being serious. I'm not even yeah. joking. Yeah. He was saying stuff, and I was like, <laughs> building a wall. Sure, sure. He's like, no, I'm fucking building it. So I, I retweeted somebody. Uh, oh, my God, this tweet was hilarious. It was uh, they had Trump's tweet about uh, how they have to keep all the bad dudes, the really bad dudes out of uh, out of the country. And somebody retweeted, uh, Christ, you're the president, not a ninja turtle. <laughs> <laughs> And that's resonating, but but it's like this going back to Requiem for a Dream with Noam Chomsky. It's on Netflix, and it's really worth like it'll peel back the onion. I saw this great interview with uh, Chris Hedges, and he's like, "Well, if Trump doesn't get into an arms race or really start ramping up the war, the military-industrial complex will get him impeached." And you're like, "Wow!" Because that's what's really going on. The Koch brothers just came out to say they're not in favor of of Trump's Muslim ban. It must be fucking up their oil money somewhere. Like it's, I don't trust any of these. Got it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, all these things he said he was going to do, I guarantee you he had insight. We're going like, hey, if I say I, if I say I'm going to do this, that means these companies get to kind of pony up and and start making money off some shit that I'm saying. Right. And that's why they were like getting behind him. Like, yeah, build a wall. I make cinder blocks. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I'm gonna check it out. It's interesting. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go to. I wanted to talk about hidden figures again. I know we've talked about it a bunch of times. I just wanted to mention um, uh, one thing because we saw it as a family. All four of mm-hmm. us went. This to is, a, by the, the way, weekend. this is an example of why I suck as a human being. This what you're about to say. <laughs> you didn't see it because I because I saw I saw it the trailer mm-hmm. and then I was like I was like. Ugh. I don't, I don't. I don't need this shit. Like, yeah, I get it. Black people can do math. I get it. Like, like I, what? Yeah, I don't know if that was the the reaction they were looking for. The trailer. I don't know no, if that was the, that's the what's angle. Wrong with me. That's what's wrong with me. There's a movie called The Salesman uh, that is a trailer that I just saw. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I was like, oh, this looks good. And then I click it. And I'm like, I gotta fucking read it. Never mind. And then I'll, and. The, and so, like, I'm that. I am that. I am that. I'm who, why they make Resident Evil Four. Right. <laughs> but my wife saw it. My wife's like, "This movie is phenomenal." My yeah. wife saw it with my daughters, and they're like, "It's the best movie we've ever seen." And then I was like, "What? Why can't I just see three black women as the leads and go?" God, I, I'm really excited about this. I just don't. I well, here, here's what I would do. I would just blame the trailer editor. Yeah. And then just go see the movie anyway. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really... Or say, maybe I'm idea. a racist, horrible human being. Maybe yeah. I am. Maybe I am. <laughs> Dude, I, let me tell you something. It's the reason they put Matt Damon on the in, in, in the movie The Wall. Because let me tell you something. The guys like me in this country that see uh, Chow Young-Fat or uh, I don't even know, Mr. Miyagi, they see someone that's just Asian in the thing and go... Oh, I don't. Th- th- yeah. This must have been made in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jesus, I, I don't. We need Keanu Reeves and Forty Seven Ronin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. See, that's where my brain goes. Is I go, I go. Matt Damon's in it. I'll go see it. I, it it's, but it, it is the. It is like it's like if it's if you're if it's your seventy million dollars, you know that you're going to invest in the movie. Like, are you going to roll the dice on some unknown Asian actor that kills it really great, but half of the population is going to go. Oh, is that a... Well, if it was movie? funded in China. Well, yeah. here's an excellent example. So, th- like that movie, The Wall, what China now has, uh, because they've had a, 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 resurgence. Ex- a resurgence and an exploding middle cl- class because of their manufacturing, <laughs> they now have three or four times as many movie screens as we do in America because there's money. People have money to go to the movies. Really? So now movies like The Wall, they put Matt Damon in it for the American trailer. And in the Chinese trailer, 
He's barely in it. Are you serious? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, see, that's what I like to see. Yeah. I like that. I like mixing it up. Like, I'm not genuinely a racist, but I am. When it's my money and it's I'm going to go see something, I'm going to see the shit I want to see. You right. know, like I look for stupid, like, <laughs> like put Tom Cruise in another Mission Impossible. I'm fucking there. Oh yeah, Mummy Impossible. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, that looks phenomenal. Yeah. Okay, so keep going what, about hidden what, figures. What, what was the? Uh, one of the ones we got the tweets from the fans. It goes when we were talking about the trailer. I can't believe you guys missed Show Me the Mummy. <laughs> oh, that's great. So so anyway, Hidden Figures, I'll tell you, I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you forget that Kevin Costner is a good actor because he's in a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was really good in it. I love the story and I love the fact that we could see it as a family. I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Now, the 8-year-old got a little bit of bored in between, but he liked the science and the rockets and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And... You know, my daughter is old enough to really understand that this racist happened. You know, this this happened. This there was a colored way. There's color. Yeah, this this is because we talked yeah. about it afterwards. Like, was that did that really happen? I said, yeah, that was real. And what I loved about it is because after we saw the thirteenth, which was such a brutally, um, you know, you know, documentary, it was like shocking and brutal. But this movie was the same subject: racism. But this one, I can take my family. There's a documentary, documentary about, that's it's nominated um, for for best. It's it's got an Oscar nomination, and it's about um, basically how the America has used uh, a loophole in the Thirteenth Amendment to imprison more black men than anyone else. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, so, there's there's certain. I don't. I mean, not to not to derail you, but like uh, to justify my my liberal heart is like when you go when you do jury duty. All you see is young back black males going through the system, and it's not set up for them to succeed. It's no. not. Mm-mm. It's set up to be confusing, and there are people that are just getting their job done. They're like, look, just take the plea bargain. You'll be in for six months. It won't be that bad. They don't realize the second you go in for six months, bad shit goes on. It's really hard to stay out of the system once that happens. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it's the thing of like a, a white teenager is three times less likely to go to jail for being busted with weed yeah. than a black teenager. It's oh. just like – and the, the, the documentary 13th goes into – yeah, this that started post-Civil War, how this – how they've been – it's 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 a it's a really you watch we're at Green for a Dream Bert and then watch Thirteenth. Yeah. I'm watching and, them both. And, and oh, Thirteenth was, was on my Netflix um yeah. thing today. Mm. That was on the top thing. Oh, I'm fucking in. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the banner. And, and this is the kind of thing too where it's such a brutal documentary, uh, but it's it's a very it's a very good one. But you know, I I wouldn't show my kids that. I mean, they're they're not at the ages that they could process it properly. Now, you can make the argument, well, the kids you can't hide them from the truth. That's not what it is. What it is is if you show them images and ideas they're not ready for, they won't process it properly. Where as a movie like um, Hidden Figures, you could see the racism. Uh, granted, studio polish. We talked about mm-hmm. that for sure, but. It um, it's almost like an entry level of like, yeah, this is part of our history. This really happened. But what I really liked about it was that it was a hopeful message that, you know, yes, you can um, protest racism and you can move civil rights forward by marching and doing all these things. But you can also move it forward by being good at math and the other ways. And they had that conversation in the movies. There's different ways to move civil rights forward which I thought was a really cool and hopeful message. And my, my daughter loved it. We all loved it. Even my son, who got bored in the middle, he liked it too. Well, that's a good point, though, because we talked about the studio polish last week with Marilyn Rice Cub, and that was the sort of thing that I, you know, I wanted more grittiness. Right, right. But, the, but you're right in that it's if, if the studio polish of Hidden Figures gets more people to get it and understand it, be it kids or just people that 
let's say they're not well-versed in history or they're like, did that really happen? Yeah, it did. Like these women were treated Mm -hmm. this way and they helped the space program. If the studio polish gets more people to watch it and open up to that, then then it's a good good thing. What was it rated? Do Do you remember? It had to be PG. Yeah, PG. that's all it was. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was, wasn't the kind of marketing thing where it's like, oh, we need PG 13 so people will go see it. This was a deliberate PG movie, and I thought it was brilliant. It was yeah. the exact way that this movie should have been. This will be a movie I'll end up watching on a plane. It'll catch me off guard, yeah. and I'll be drunk, and I'll be sobbing, crying. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa, did he commit a hate crime yeah. in his life? <laughs> That happened to me in Faulkner <laughs> Stars flying back from Japan. I was like mm-hmm. crying at three uh, in the morning. Joy. Right? <laughs> joy. Yeah, Joy did that to you? I am pouring. <laughs> pouring. When she walks out of that Texas hotel, sobbing on a plane. <laughs> and then the, and then you get me with more the, the sucker punch of it where it's it's she didn't know that she'd be running her own multi and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um I also saw Room 237, but yes. you know what? I'm going to talk about this. We've talked about it before in the show. I'm going to talk about it on the bonus thing on the iPhone app. Okay. Um, uh, but, Bert, you saw Lady in the Water. Yeah. <laughs> it caught me off guard. Look, I, I, I see Paul Giamatti, and I see Bryce Howard, and I go, oh, I never saw this movie. And I hung out with M. Night Shyamalan, and he, he wanted me to do his uh, Schwamaween Schwamoween is like a big event he has in Philly. And he's a really cool guy. He was a really cool guy. And I and I have always loved what he does, but I, I haven't really watched everything he does. <laughs> so I've just loved the good ones. Yeah. And so and I'm a sucker, I'm a sucker for uh like a mathematical rhythmic movie. Like a movie where there's we've got to figure things out. Like we're solving riddles throughout mm-hmm. it. And so I was I was, uh, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it for even everyone is then immediately what I do because I, I get really nervous. So immediately what I do is I go to Wikipedia and I start watching, like reading what happens. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, tell me what happens. I'm going to read the next sentence. Okay, okay, that's not too bad. And so I watch it. I read it. And then I go, and then I go. You, cl- you cliff note your movie? I cliff note. I do that with all my movies because it makes, they make me nervous. It makes me nervous to not know what's going to happen sometimes. So like any thriller, I always go to the cliff notes. Okay. And so... So you have storytelling anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is... This is, a, so, this is a, so I'm like... Because like, there's like... Is there a prescription left, for this? eight minutes left in the movie, and she gets attacked by the damn... Uh, scout, scout, scunt, whatever it's called, the, the wolf, water monster, the the yeah, the, the the thing, and I go, wait, how's this gonna end? So I, I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I can't know that she dies. This can't be how this movie ends. And so I flip through, and they're like, oh, okay, oh, the the lopsided bodybuilder, the guy that just worked one arm, he's the guardian. Oh, he's the healer. Oh, oh, they're they're the the coven or whatever. I don't know, but I'm not, I don't really pay attention much in a movie, but. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved, what I loved is how much well, critics maybe that's why you like trashed. <laughs> well, then, no, because then, but now I've read critic reviews, and I'm like, and they're like, he's saying that uh, that he's saying ultimately that he plays this big part in this movie, and he's saying basically his literary works will save the world, and that's why no one could stomach it because it seemed like he was saying in the movie, "I am M Night Shyamalan, I will change the world with my writings," and then I was like, then I start loving those moments, and I'm like, "Oh, you will change the world, M Night," <laughs> and then and then they're like, and then they're like, we couldn't get past the fact that he made a film critic, he made a film critic 
be a fucking complete and total jerk. And I thought, I was like, oh my God, how great is that? Film critics hate this because the film critic is a moron. He's <laughs> arrogant, he's pompous, and he gets murdered brutally against his better judgment. And so I, I, I gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because, so Split just came out January 20th, which is his latest movie. Which He said that's amazing. Well, I guess what's he going to say? Yeah, of course he's going to say it. I haven't seen it, but here's something interesting. It had a $10 million budget. It did $40 million its opening weekend, and to date it's done $77 million. That's $5 million more than than Lady in the Water Beat. I I don't know if you know this. Self-funded. So he put in his own money. He for put it. in his own money, yeah. and I think what? like it might be we might have a resurgence because mm, I you say that every movie. But no, I mean, look, <laughs> it's doing well at the box office. His other ones yeah. haven't done that. The last couple ones, he's had some some ones that have tanked. Mm-hmm. And again, that I mean, that's compared to budget versus gross. That's actually that's really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. And Split looks cool to me. It, it does. Who's at, the actor in it? It's um. He he's mentioned him. He James said he's McAvoy. James McAvoy. Yeah, he said he's he's phenomenal in it. Well, he's playing, yeah, he's playing like 15 different people or something, which yeah, looks awesome. Right. The girl that, that he kidnaps. Um, Isn't the girl from Morgan? Yeah. She looks really cool and creepy and everything looks, the whole thing looks really super creepy. I, I found I found him fascinating to interview because I got to interview him for a little bit, only, but not too much, but we were doing Preston and Steve. Uh-huh. And, oh, we've done Preston and Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, how do you come about story? Because like, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, very, I'm a big storytelling comic. I, I tell mm-hmm. stories on stage. Man, the coolest things are when a story, like when you lay like a, a like a it's not a red herring, but like a, a little line of a bit that's going to be very useful at the end of your story. Right. Like these little these little mm-hmm. I, little droplets. And for me, I develop a story on stage, and I you've got to figure those out. And and sometimes it's just luck of the draw. You change it up one night. But he goes, you know, uh, Sixth Sense had nothing to do with uh, ghosts when he first started it. It was just it was just a story about uh, about this guy going through a divorce, and then I was like, "What?" And he's like, "So I find his process to be fascinating." Mm-hmm. And then I, I and then I go, "I can't help but appreciate all those little droplets you've put into this movie, The Lady in the Water." And I understand it could look like you know to the most people they're like it's a little heavy handed, but it's it's a little obscure and. But like I was like I fucking love it. Like I love that shit. Like like I'm the idiot that when 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 the movie about the aliens happened. Remember the one with Mel Gibson? Signs. 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 I'm the idiot that when go, they go, he, they're allergic to water, and then you hear the voiceover, "Swing away," and I start getting chills. And I go, "Swing away, swing away, please realize it." Like not knowing that, yeah, dummy, that's exactly what's gonna happen. He's gonna start swinging. He's gonna kill him. She leaves water everywhere. Oh my god, the water's everywhere. He's gonna. He doesn't have asthma. That's why the poison doesn't kill him. Oh my god! Like I'm like re- realizing all at the same time. I'm I am that window where I go. Wait, why is the why is the cripple walking straight? Oh my god, that's Kaiser Soze. Like I am that guy. <laughs> and so I appreciate. Like I say, I what, what did you do with the end of Planet of the Apes? Which one was that? The Charlton Heston one. Oh, uh, uh, I didn't ever watch it. <laughs> I saw the one with you Mark Wahlberg. Do, and, do, do me and, a favor. Watch the original one and tape yourself watching the ending. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have yes. the only, uh, there's a video online if you want to watch it. It's very entertaining. It's me watching the ending of Time Traveler's Wife with Opie from Opie and Anthony and Sherrod Small. 
that movie makes me cry every time. And that, and I love time travel. I'm obsessed with time travel oh, movies. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Paul, Dave Anthony said, I got to watch Time Crimes. He said, it's the best time traveling movie ever. But like time travel movies, because I love the math. I love the riddle of it. I love that it figures it's all itself out and that you got to keep going back. And then, you know, like I love that. I wanted to do a time traveling sitcom so bad about a guy who every time he went to this one bar and drank, he'd, he'd go time travel. But he'd be drunk and then he'd go and time travel into like Mississippi in the 60s and he'd have to help Martin Luther King you know, but he was hammered the whole time, and he was the reason <laughs> that Martin Luther King had the, gave the I, gave, I have a dream speech. Right, like it, like it was like moments in history. But uh, and then I go, I could just do a travel channel show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's so. Uh, the, hearing him talk about Lady in the Water, make I'm now kind of want to go see Split. Oh, I'm definitely seeing Split. I'm yeah, definitely seeing yeah, Split. I want to go see Split. One of us should. <laughs> yeah. So you're just Chris. You can just say I'll see it. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're yeah. not going to. see I saw it. Resident Evil. All right, <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair. You saw Resident Evil. I'll go see Split. That's fair. All right. Well, let's talk about some trailers. Okay. This is my passion. Yeah, you told me this. This is uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem I have. It's a, now, I'm not even joking. It is an it is a, and if for any you're in a safe a, place here, Bert. Watching trailers. This is a safe place. Comedy yeah. film nerd, you uh, you know exactly how this can destroy one of your days, and I cannot get off them. And uh, and I just went in yesterday on a lark, and I was like, ooh, it's almost like a. I like you know the feeling of when you get done press and you're like oh I for, I haven't jacked off today like and you, your heart gets excited like I have that about trailers going oh my god I haven't looked at trailers in like ten days I bet there's new ones what pisses me off is that they dropped all the new trailers today all the new trailers just came out today and yeah and I'm already in a, a way but the one I saw that I liked the most that you guys wanted to bring up was Catfight yes. That movie, I am so on board with this. Hell yeah. It is one of the funniest trailers, and you're just like, it's two women beating the shit out. Like, Mm -hmm. straight punch right to the face. Like, just Mm -hmm. not, like, old school, like, 70s cop bar brawl knockout type of fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it is, it was so One of them gets put in a coma for two years. Well, they're two friends from high school who didn't like each other, right? but they knew each other in high school. Mm -hmm. And one's at the bottom of her life and one's at the top. And they meet at a party of the ones at the top and they get into a fist fight in the stairwell and their lives shift drastically because of that one night. Right. And then after the shift, they come back and their lives, they get into another fist fight and their lives shift again. Right. I love that. I almost want it to be where they keep fighting in like one of those movies where, do you remember that movie where every time someone, um, every time someone hit, got a guy got hurt, uh, money would show up in a pot. Do you remember this? No. There was a, a movie where every time he got, he, he, his wife beat him up. This money would it's come out like of the, the magic teapot. I think something so. Like that. And so, like, I, I think I remember. That. I love yeah. movies where the violence is just comical in nature right. because they need it. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they have to get in like five more fights. Right. It's interesting because the writer director is this guy Amur Turk Turk Tukal. I'm already passing on this movie. I don't trust a non-American. How to get in the country to shoot it? Yeah, that's a foreign film. He's done a bunch of low-budget things like Richard's Wedding, Summer of Blood, Applesauce, Abby Singer, Songwriter movies. I personally haven't seen, but this trailer, Catfight, guys, go watch the Catfight trailer. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Yes, it's 
like I am so fired up to Anne see Hayes, this movie. Alicia Silverstone, and uh, Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh. Yes. Anne Hayes and Sandra O. Oh beat Going the fucking yeah. shit out of each it's other. Great. If you're bummed out that Ronda Rousey's career isn't going the way you wanted, watch this trailer because it's knockouts. <laughs> it's fucking knockouts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, and then what was the other one? Will- uh, Wilson. I saw that. That's with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yes. Um, I I lost interest mm. a third of the way through the trailer. It's one of those like kind of feel goody, um, you know, kind of arrested development. He's a uh, you know middle aged guy who never his life never definitely came autistic. Into focus. He's definitely autistic. Uh, <laughs> he really is. I mean that that it must be the character because mm. you know I, I'm I don't know if your kids have friends with autistic kids or if your kids are autistic or mm. what, but autistic kids say whatever the fuck they're thinking. And that is his character. Like, oh, yeah. It, yeah. Well, it's and based so. on a graphic novel by Daniel Close, uh, who also wrote the screenplay, and it's directed by Craig Johnson. Yes, and then he, um, you know, he finds out he's a dad, and he tries to get his ex-wife and the uh, the daughter together and be a family, and then that's where it like it goes uh, off the rails in a good way, in a funny way. So, um, uh, you want you're I, excited to see it, it Bert? Yeah. You're not. I'm not. I'm more excited yeah. about the. Um, Catfight? No, no. I'm more excited about Catfight, but the other yeah. trailer that I saw was the one where uh, the guy goes home and he has to borrow money from his old friend. Uh, Daniel cried. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, God. Oh, it's one. such a good trailer. And it reminds me of, there was a movie called uh, Chuck and Buck. It was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chuck Mike and, White, right? Yeah, Chuck and mm-hmm. Buck. And it, and I took my best friend to see it because everyone's like, it's a really good independent film. And apparently, Chuck and Buck used to suck and fuck. And so that it's about two guys who were gay growing up. And and they and now the one guy's hiding his sexuality. My best friend the whole time is like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> but this one looks like a much funnier version of this. Like a much darker, funnier version. What's it called? Uh, I can't. It's, it's with the... It's with the uh, with the, it looks like a British guy on the cover in in uh, Daniel cried. Or Daniel cried. I don't see that. I see. I wonder if that was the pitch. It's like a, this is a less gay Chuck and Buck. It's it's going to be halfway down on the Apple's thing. It's a cartoon drawing of a dude's face. Um, I have to go into Apple. Anyway, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> what other trailers have you seen that you're like look exciting to you? Uh. Hold on, I'll tell you when my phone pops up because I just had I just went to the thing and I was like, oh, okay. I saw the one for um for the one with the girl in the mirror with a knife out like this, like uh the Traverse Traverse Hotel. Uh, tra- this is why I don't belong on a fucking movie. <laughs> right now, everyone's losing their mind, going seriously, bro. You know this is movies. Would you go on an M and A podcast and not know the names of the fighters? You know the guy with the tattoo on his stomach. Yeah, that's how you. Uh, you know that one fighter, that one guy. Here we who, go. Uh, here we go. Uh, Donald cried oh, is Donald. the movie. Okay. Havenhurst is one. The one I saw that I was like, eh. I mean, I don't like scary movies. Scary movies really freak me out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cat fight was fucking phenomenal. Slam a jamma, too much heart. I was like, eh, I get it. And but and I'm not saying that because everyone is black in the movie. But it's just like I was like, whatever. Split looks f- fantastic. Chris uh, Avdizian is the director and writer of Donald Cried. It so is looks interesting. It looks really good. Cool. Um. And uh, and I think that's it. Right. Oh, founder looks. The founder looks really good. Oh, we saw, mm, I saw yeah. that. It's a good film. That's, is it? Yeah, it's worth seeing. Uh, I, I didn't like it as much as Graham. I, well, I'll say this. This is what we said. If, if if you're a big Michael Keaton fan, I think you'll probably like it. That's, okay. That's what I'll say. Mm. But Chris, that's fair. That's, There's a lot of trailers I haven't seen that I'm really excited for. Eh, that's all right. We covered a bunch. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Now let's uh, talk about DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, boo and Medea Halloween. Oh, shit. Come on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, that's what's wrong with me. I won't watch a movie like where it's like... Uh, 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 you know, uh, family Christmas, where it's all the black kids come home for the mm-hmm. family Christmas, and Danny Donald Danny, Danny, Danny Glover yeah. is there, and and oh, you didn't say nothing about her mashed potatoes. Like I won't watch those movies, but Medea, I fucking love. <laughs> like I, it's, I like the ones that are like I like that. You're a closet Medea, or oh, you're. I love. Do I love Tyler Perry? I think he's a fucking really inspirational, amazing dude. Well, his career, like uh, we've sure. we've talked about this before. He's one of the most uh, successful playwrights and it's it's worth I mean we, we bag on his movies sometimes because yeah. w- whatever but like the guy said you know Hollywood told him oh middle aged black women don't go to the movies and he went no you don't make movies for them Yeah. so he started making movies for them and he's fucking cleaning up and he, that's he, what I like I like that he's making movies for them sometimes when I see a movie uh, like a, a a black cast movie where mm-hmm. it's like Kevin Hart, Mike Epps, Danny Glover, uh, all the girls that were in Martin. You know, right. like I I just go I go I don't know I feel like it's been it's got too many white thumbprints on it. Right, like, it's it's white people saying, "Oh, this will be a good black yes. movie." Because because that's what those are. Is it's them saying, "Hey, we need twenty million dollars to get this cast." White committee making a black movie. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I like the, I like the Medea because I go, "It's uh, him." It's it's it's, it's a, it is a, an authentic black voice. It's the thing I liked about uh, about Nate Parker. I like that it's mm-hmm. a black person making their thing. It's what I like about hip hop. Like I don't I don't like I don't whatever. But that's. So, no, that's a good point. And it's it's the thing why, like, I always got to give Tyler Perry credit. Like, I don't know that Medea's for me, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, and I and I respect anybody that's like, my company, my scripts, my way, and we're and doing I'm it. I'm going to make movies for this specific demographic. This demographic. Being that, underserved. Yeah. yeah. And that's how every. I mean, you know, that's how all of us are in podcasting are finding, like, so many of our podcasts wouldn't, traditional media wouldn't have let us do these things. You know, it's exact. You're in, uh, entirely right. I don't like the podcasts that come out of the corporation right. where they're like, "Let's do this" because they seem to be selling well. Like, I don't like that. I like the authentic ones. Yeah, and there's some. There are some actually really good black podcasts. Not enough, in my opinion, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two dope girls, which is a good one. Two dope queens. Two dope queens. Yeah, yeah. Way to that. go, Bert. <laughs> two dope queens. You've no, got, I just found it. I just found a new cool podcast. They've emailed me. Drink champs. Uh, Have you listened to Drink no. champs? Mixed Feelings amazing. podcast is a really cool little podcast. These two girls out of Florida, I believe, they're both uh, mixed ethnicities. Yeah. So their their podcast goes mixed feelings, and they just reached out to me like, "Hey, we think it's cool what you know what you do with Podfest and everything." And I was like, started listening to. Them. I'm like, "This is awesome." Yeah. Well, that's, it's that, an authentic voice. That's the thing I love about 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 podcasting and YouTube is traditional media is telling you no. So yeah, start your own shit. Yeah. Create your own world. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So the next movie. Big is, shout out uh, to Medea. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Reacher 2. Never oh. go back. You, did you saw this one, did you? Well, you know, Chris, you see the trailer and yeah. you're like, <laughs> Jack Reacher is going to, he's in a pickle. Yeah. How's he going to get out of it? I mean, he's, it, it goes all the way to the top. He loses. It's, he's in too deep. He's I'm not a major anymore. Oh, he's not. He's not with them anymore. What's going to happen? Yeah. I was on pins and needles. Yeah. Well, guess what? Jack Reacher's going to fucking set things right. I'm so gonna tell you. what is the story? What is this? Because you know what? I watched this on the airplane. And I was like, Jack Reacher one was okay, mm-hmm. but not like sequel. Like, <laughs> like not like I'm dying and hear more from this Reacher gentleman. Mm-hmm. Like, like what was like? I just 
I don't like. Did a Scientologist write it, and that's why they're making so many? <laughs> this is, um, you know, it is. It is his production. You know, I'm sure Paula Wagner. But now, involved. specifically, Edward though, Zwick is the. Director. Did he? Did he go back? You know what, Chris? He did. Wow. And guess who fucking fixed some shit? Jack <laughs> goddamn Reacher took care of some business. He's no. got a daughter. Wait, does he have a daughter in this one? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, I, kind of. Or yeah, it, he thinks he, no, yeah, because yeah, he thinks he has a daughter, <laughs> yeah. and then they kidnap her, yeah. and then it finds out, I'm not technically your dad. Yeah, yeah. but I'm still kidding. I've never met this woman. Oh, yeah, I watched it on the plane, drunk mm. as shit. Now, <laughs> so I, it, now I can marry her. Yeah. It's, it's like... <laughs> I here's what I'll say. It was just it was all it was it was all Jack Reacherified. It was everything. Yeah. If if they're gonna just keep cranking these out, fine. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'll it, watch it again tomorrow of when course, I get on the plane. Of course, because I don't it. remember half of it, and I just, all I need to see is Tom Cruise with that perfect smile now and just perfect. Hitting. He's he's in he's fifty three or something, and he's in great shape. Uh, and you know he's he's, he's still kicking ass. He's still kicking ass. I, the trailer, I love the trailer where every single shot of the trailer, he was punching somebody in the face. Yeah, because like that's what Jack Reacher does. Yeah, that's what he Jack does. Reacher, yeah. he, are they gonna have him reading, a, getting lost in a book? God, no. And he's not mm. going back. Chris. He's not. No. Guys that punch you in the face don't go back. No, because no. they're in too deep. <laughs> <laughs> Goes all the way to the top, though. Um, yeah, it was it was it was everything you'd want it to be. What was Masterminds? This was a Patrick Stewart movie from the nineties. No, it's a different one. Different masterminds. <laughs> no, this is with Kristen Wiig <laughs> yeah. and Kate McKinnon. Um, I love and, uh, everything Zach Kristen Wiig. Yeah, it, it was oh. one of these comedy trailers. Yes. that's like, yeah, I saw, I saw the trailer. It just, I was like, I was like, I get it. Eh. Twenty-five million dollar budget. It had a six million dollar opening weekend. I mean, I, I love everything Zach does. I love yeah, everything he does. So do but I. like some of these ones where I go, I don't know. And it was based on a true story. I think you could have made it a little realer for me. And I would have gotten into it more. I, you're right. And I think it was exactly make it more. By the way, I don't mean to critique anyone's art because I know that I'm not making movies. But I do think had it been a little more tangible characters and not looked like such a spoof. Well, I think that's to yeah. me, to me, when I'm when I'm like grounded more. Yeah. Exactly. When I'm critical of this, I'm not being critical of, of Zach or Kristen Wiig. I'm critical of it just feels like studio comedy says, Hey, we bought the rights to this true story. Let's make it wacky. Broad and wacky. And yeah. and like make it more real and grounded. It would have it would have connected with me a yeah, lot. Because exactly. I just cause I was like I was like, I understand it's a true story, but you're making it look so unbelievable that I You can fix a lot of movies just by saying, Yeah, the Cohen brothers should have directed it. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. That is very I mean, yeah, that is a very accurate statement. Yes. This had six screenwriters. Right. Which is just like, oh, that's great for comedy. Yeah. More people with more opinions and ple you know. Yeah. Yeah. Get the Cohen brothers to do it. I gotta tell you what, and I only say this to defend shitty movies like masterminds in my opinion but like i have written shorts and it's really hard to write something on paper and make it funny when you shoot it it really <laughs> is difficult so like i'm not nothing taken away from these guys but i that's that's my money morning quarterback that's a yeah well that, that's the problem and i think we, we all have been in this situation that's a great podcast monday morning quarterback nope yes i've got notes I've yeah. got, <laughs> and you review the flops of the week, and you just go, "I've got notes," and you tell them how you would have fixed it. I bring them on the show. And see. Yeah, I've got notes. Okay, you may, you, you chose to cut your hair in a weird way, Zach. Why was oh, that? I didn't like the beard. Too yeah, much beard. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. What did you? Why did you? Why did we cast Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> like I would have like just go and fix flop movies. Oh, 
I'd fix the shit out of some. Philosophy. Let's do. Let's do one. Let's do one just for fun one day. All right. Yeah, let's we'll do, do a, a bonus episode. We'll yeah, we'll do a bonus episode called "I've Got Notes," and we'll all watch the one of the biggest flops, and we'll we'll studio exec it. All right, and, and we'll tell you how we'll fix it. Lady in the water. Oh shit. <laughs> Does it have to be Paul Giamatti <laughs> right off that wine movie? I mean, I'm still connected to the wine character, and it's the same character, kind of. How would Owen Wilson be in this? Could we have done it a beach instead of a pool condo? Yes. Could yeah. we have? Why is this pool condo in Philly, and nothing looks like this in Philly? I yeah. don't understand that. It really feels like South Does Florida. Does it have to be Philly? Does it have to be Philly? <laughs> uh, all right, another thing on DVD, uh, Queen of uh, Katwe. I saw this movie. It is on a, a plane. On a on a plane. Yeah, I did see this on a plane. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact. Um, By the way, the, anyone is, who's listening to this already knows that I definitely have not seen this movie because uh, it wasn't marketed for me. me. <laughs> but you should see it. <laughs> okay, it's an excellent film because um, it's 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 about a girl from. It's a true story based on this girl that comes from this like poor village in Uganda that becomes a chess champion. And Bert, no nominations, you, by the way. It was weird. It got shunned, and I'm. I, it was a bummer. I don't know why. Did it get it released too early in the year or something? Because there's some fantastic performances in this. Um, Lupita Nyong'o's in it. Yes. She plays her mom. She's great. That's the, the actress from 12 Years a Slave. She's, she's a really solid actress. The young girl is fantastic. Um, and... I started crying. I was crying on the plane. It's oh, like, shit. oh yeah, bird, you're gonna cry the shit out of this. Queen movie. of Katwe. Katwe. Yeah. All right, I'll watch it. It's 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 fantastic. <laughs> it's great performances. I mean, it's it's um, it's a true story, and I believe um, I believe Disney. Yeah, Disney did it. So yes. it's it's Disney. Yep. It's it's all Disney oh, true storyified. Yeah. But to be clear, too, John Hamm not in it. John Hamm is not in this. <laughs> no. Ooh, because that. And by the way, in our episode of I've Got Notes, how do we market this to to the to the white eighteen to thirty five year old? Put John Hamm Put on the John cover. <laughs> does can, does the does she have to meet a, a Ugandan a black Ugandan? Can she meet a white Ugandan <laughs> like Russell Crowe? Yeah. We get Russell Crowe in there. He teaches her chess. John Hamm is the president of Uganda. Yeah. You know I can believe buy- <laughs> John Malkovich. They'll believe him as a chess champ (laughs) um but yeah it it uh it didn't do that great at the box office maybe that's why it had a uh an estimated 50 million dollar budget it's really only done eight million dollars since its september release but it was a good movie and and it's worth watching it's one of those ones that slipped under the 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 radar. radar but there's some great performances and it's a true story and they shoot it i think they shot it in south africa but they shoot it in these like poor villages and you see like what a shanty town and what that life is like. It should have been it's, at a lower it's market. Aggressive. There's a yeah. lot of reasons why yeah. it could have gone under the radar. But it's worth seeing. It's mm-hmm. worth seeing. Very cool. All right. And in the site spotlight and the fan feedback, we may get a lot of great tweets and uh, feedback on the Facebook page as well as the message boards. Um, Neil's weekly film news is up, and there's a, a bunch of really interesting reviews on the site right now. You got to check it out. Somebody, okay. So I was on Jimmy Dore's podcast, and which mm-hmm. he also has his big YouTube channel. He's he's quite successful called the Jimmy Dore Show. Um, and so there was a segment where he we just talked about earbuds, and mm-hmm. then he released that video on his Jimmy Dore Show YouTube channel. <laughs> Someone who's like a loyalist to his show was like, I went to the Comedy Film Nerds website and they misspelled weekly for the weekly news. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it's Neil. And I wrote underneath, I was like, his, the author's name is weekly, W-E-A-K-L-E-Y. 
that's it was a play on words because he does a weekly W E E K like it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> that's that, great. It was so fantastic that I saw that. I used to watch Jay Moore's More Sports on ESPN, but they misspelled more. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no H in more. It's exactly like oh god. Um, so that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that is great. Check that out and go to our go to our Facebook page, guys. We like mm-hmm. the uh, we like the comments on the stuff that we can. Yeah, we it's can great. And you know, we've had a couple issues with the message boards. It should all be fixed now. We had our webmaster working very diligently over the last week or so. Uh, the pages should be loading quicker. The message boards should be more uh, available, and um, everything should be working properly now. But you know, and if it doesn't, let us know at info at comedyfilmnerds.com. A lot of times, you guys are our beta testers. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate it when you let us know if something's uh, broken. Uh, also, we put we, some comments uh, that was posted about the. This is um, Sebastian Stan's face photoshopped onto Mark uh, Hamill if Star Wars ever need a young Luke. And then uh, Brian uh, Raleigh wrote, or when Winter Soldier 2055 gets greenlit, they'll have Mark Hamill. (laughs) 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 Thank you for that comment, Brian. Um, All right. What's coming out this week? Uh, we've got rings. Oh, yep. rings! Won't watch that. That's I'm not. Uh, I don't. I do not need that in my life. Girl already came out of the TV. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm never watching these movies because I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have a hard time sleeping. Um, the comedian that isn't that. That's the Robert De Niro one, right? That's the Robert De Niro one. Insult comic. Yeah, and the space between us, which and is Jeff the, Ross, I think, wrote a. On the majority of that movie, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that maybe I shouldn't say that out loud because I don't know. But I think Jeff was the one who wrote all the jokes in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the space between us. I feel like we've promoted that movie for months on different release dates. They keep I feel pushing. like it keeps getting pushed back. Yeah. So uh, no, Jeff Ross is listed as a, as one of the screenwriters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Art Linston, Jeff Ross, and a couple other people. So and that's a comedian. Um, I am not your Negro. We were talking about that. Uh, that's an Oscar-nominated doc. That's yes. uh, I haven't seen yet, but I heard it's it's interesting. I think so. I saw the trailer. It looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. See, I, that's that's up my alley. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm trying to see all of the nominees. I try to see all the nominees mm-hmm. every year, obviously. But uh, next one is Journey to the West: The Demons Strike Back. Um, I saw the first Journey to the West movie. It was absolutely insane. It's on streaming right now. Hold if, on. If what is it. this? I'm going to um, freaking love this and it's, shit. Uh, I, would, I would start with the first one. Yeah. Uh, but it's... it's it, I, the only way to describe it is insane. Monsters, martial arts, comedy. It's, love it. It's I love it. I love it. Come Come in. In. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's why yeah. you should never give me money to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, mix between The Time Traveler's Wife and Journey to the West. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm all, I, I, I would be time, Are you this kidding? Is me, this is me and, for that. and we got notes. Can we add time travel to this? Yes. <laughs> would that, would that <laughs> kill you guys? Would that, yeah. 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 that time travel to this? It's a... It's a World War II love story. We're having a hard time getting wrapping up the ending. Oh, make it a time travel movie. Time portal. And, fixes it. And before this movie showed up on screening, it was one of the movies that Rick Myers sent us on DVD. I'm like, oh, I'll check this out. It looks a little weird. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. All it's right. so insane. And Stephen Chow from Kung Fu Hustle and right. those other... Is it his movie or is he just in it? He's not in it. He actually was um, for the original one, he was, I believe, one of the writers. Okay. I, I don't know if he wrote the second one or not, but if it's anything like the first one, it's gonna be nuts. And uh, just a bunch of crazy sci-fi, special effects, monsters... Uh, fantasy, everything all kind of put together in this okay. mishmash of, um, uh, of, of, and it's, it's just fun. They're just, it was a fun movie. So there's, there's horror elements to it. It literally, we're going to take pieces from everything and put it together in all this right. movie. 
Well, that's our episode, ladies yes, and gentlemen. This was fantastic. Bert Kreischer, yeah. first time guest. Thanks for being on, <laughs> dude. The park. Fucking I had bam. a great fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to do that extra. I've got notes. Yes. We'll let's do pick it. a movie and do uh, I've let's got notes. Let's pick a movie that, and, that we can fix. That we can fix. Yeah. If you see something on the road, just text me and go, Graham, I just saw, okay. I saw this on a plane. Yeah. Oh, that makes, this makes my flight tomorrow night to Lexington so much more enjoyable because <laughs> I know that I'll get on the plane and go, I'm looking for the shittiest movie on here. <laughs> And it'll be on the plane. Oh, they'll have it. They'll oh, yeah. Have it for sure. Plane. I'll finally watch whatever the one with the girl with the glass of wine with the sunset behind her is. Sure. Yeah. Whatever be, that one is. Sounds like a Corona commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's start with Corona commercials. Yeah. <laughs> let's punch that up. More hammocks. Yeah. A time traveling hammock. Time traveling hammock. <laughs> oh, I like this idea, though. <laughs> Uh, Bert, so where can people find you on the internet? Uh, tour dates? What do you got going on? Go to BertBertBert.com with an E, and that should have everything. I'm on tour fairly aggressively uh, for the next 18 weeks. I'm doing 18 weeks straight, and then I'll be in London. Uh, and then uh, you can get my podcast, BertCast Grams, like five episodes ago, four episodes ago. It was a blast. Yeah, and it's a great podcast. Uh, the one with Graham. I'm not, my podcast is great, but... And then it's, today I'm, I'm releasing Dr. Drew today. And then my wife and I are trying to start this thing. If you're a fan of Black Sails, we're big fans of Black Sails and Game of Thrones. So what we're going to do is I don't really pay attention very well in TV shows. I'm sure you're shocked. <laughs> so we watch it and then she explains the episode I just watched to me. And so, and then we I do go, that with a Game of Thrones episode, please. Yes, yeah, because yeah. I've read all the books too. Oh, really? Yeah, would you like to, when the Game of Thrones starts? Come on, you want to come on? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my god, you come just come over on Sunday, we'll watch it together, me, you, and my wife. And then at the end, I'll go, Okay, who's the guy? The... <laughs> and so, my wife does it. And then it, it, we did one because I said I, I, I had the creator of Game of Thrones, oddly enough, named Jason Steinberg, um, who's a comedian manager named Jason Steinberg, but I had him on my podcast, and it was great. But I was like, I'm not done with this show. It's the last season. I was like, let's just do it. And then my wife's like, we'll do it. And we'll do it for Game of Thrones when that starts up. I was like, hell yeah. Because yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things. Is the, One of the best parts about being married is you get to watch a show with somebody. Right. You know? And it, we did it for The Biggest Loser. And so I was like, let's just do it. And this is a, there's no rules. Why can't I just put a Dr. Drew episode and then at the last 15 minutes, hey, guys, if you want to listen to this, this is extra. This is on the end. So we're going to do that. And then we'll do that for Game of Thrones. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, it sounds like, you know, and that Podfest dates are released and a lineup is released. I don't know who might be in that lineup yeah. a little bit. Come on. It's going to be epic. Tease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, Earbuds is for sale, guys. Download in a DVD. Uh, autograph copies. See Bert's interview in it. Bonus yes. footage of... Uh, you know, um, I think Preston and Steve are even some of the bonus footage. Oh, yeah. There's a whole thing on Preston and Steve. Yeah. yeah. So oh, uh, I got it right here. You got it right mm-hmm. there. So go to obviously comedyfilmers.com. All the things you can do for free, like us, all that business. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a new uh, political YouTube channel called uh, Political Vigilante. So go to YouTube. Change the name? Yeah. For tra- we tra- checked into the trademark Church of Batman. We checked YouTube's trademark and they're like, Batman, no. Right. Somebody said to me, the only thing more scary than Batman is Warner Brothers lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like Disney with their logos and shit. So so I was like, nope. We're pulling yep. that out of there. Mm-hmm. So it's called P- Political Vigilante. So if you go to youtube.com slash Graham Elwood, it's on my playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, check that out. And earbuds, guys. Like it. Share it. Show it to people. Okay. Well, I wanted to tell you guys about a uh, uh, a Kickstarter that I'm involved with. It's not a comedy film nerds thing, but... 
Um, it's something that if you like the show, you would like. I, uh, a bunch of old television writers got together and were horrified at the Trump presidency. And this is guys like from Bosom Buddies, Night Court, and uh, um, just all these old TV shows. They're still around. They're still writing. And um, they got together to create uh, Fernwood Tonight, too. Remember Fernwood Tonight? Yep. One of the mm-hmm. writers and creators of that uh, to put together a Trump-style version of that for YouTube, like in uh, his garage, where this old... Um, the host is trying to uh, audition for the Trump TV that he knows is coming. So it'll be like a Firma Tonight fake kind of talk show. Um, so check it out. It's the Alton Wright Show, A-L-T-O-N-W-R-I-G-H-T. It's on Kickstarter. I think they've, they just started, so it's got like 40 days left. But I'll be one of the, uh, the writers on it if it goes. Nice. So it'll be, it'll be really fun. Uh, all right, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much to Bert Kreischer. Uh, <laughs> my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first.